0: I've got a quick question for you before we get started today. Were there any outstanding presentations at the last Master Brewers District meeting you attended? I bet there were. Well, we'd like to share those stories with listeners, but we need your help. Unless they attended that same district meeting, Master Brewers members, including me, will never know about these outstanding presentations unless they get uploaded to the Master Brewers District Presentations Archive. So next time you sit in on a really great presentation, ask your district officers if you can help them get the presentations uploaded. It's super easy. There's even a short how-to video link at the top of the archive. And if there's a presentation that you think we should highlight here on the show, shoot me a quick message. You can find me at community.mbaa.com. This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Let's go! go, 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 go. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations.
1: Down. moving too fast and then this master brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by hopsteiner a global leader in the hop industry focused on quality sustainability and innovation in new hop varieties and hop products contact our brewery sales team to provide you with the hop related tools you need to craft your next great beer for
0: more information
1: visit hopsteiner.com
0: additional support provided by
1: get to know proximity malt
2: Every beer has a story, and that's why, for over 95 years, Gusmer Enterprises has offered a full line of solutions, including equipment, analytical instrumentation, and processing aids, all brought to you from leading suppliers and backed by strong technical support. For the solution to your story, go to gusmerbeer.com.
3: I think it's exciting to see this suite of new varieties in Canada after this really long period of heavy reliance on AC Metcalf and CDC Copeland. Our challenge is going to be getting them out there for people to try and and see which ones rise to the top.
0: This week on the show there's a deep bench of new malting barley varieties coming out of Canada and we're going to talk about
3: them. Hi my name is Peter Watts, I'm with the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre in Winnipeg, Canada. All right, Peter, uh, can you tell us just
0: how much malting barley does Canada produce?
3: Typically, uh, in a given year, we would produce somewhere in the neighborhood of four about 4 million tons of malting barley. Uh, that's what would be produced, 4 to 5 million tons. And of that, probably 2 to 2.5 million tons would actually be selected for use um, as malting barley destined for the brewing industry.
0: Which is pretty good because in America, I think the feed barley percentage has gone way down. So there's kind of less to choose from, if you will.
3: Sure, that's right. Yeah, I mean that is one of the differences between Canada and the U.S. Is that we're producing a lot of uh, malting barley. That uh, I mean, a good chunk of it ends up in the ends up in the feed sector, but it does provide a, a greater pool for selection for the malting companies.
0: Okay. Um, Regardless of the growing region, barley is always competing against you know, wheat and, and corn and other crops like that. What does it take for barley to remain a competitive crop in Canada?
3: Well, that's right. Uh, you know, the last, interestingly, um, just in the last few years, we've seen a real bump in uh, barley acreage in Western Canada, and, and that's driven by prices primarily. Uh, malting barley and feed barley both have been more competitive from a price standpoint, but the, the really the key, particularly for malting barley, in my view, going forward is is um, adopting the new varieties that are coming out of our breeding programs uh, that have a significant improvement in yield uh, and you know disease resistance, so that uh, producers are getting uh, you know have a greater chance of uh, of getting selected. The yields are. 10 15 even 20 percent better than some of the existing varieties and it just makes the the crop more competitive uh, vis-a-vis wheat and canola and some of these other uh, crops that they're growing with uh with craft
0: brewing's strong growth in the u.s we've seen a distinction develop between the needs of industrial adjunct brewers and those of smaller all malt brewers are you feeling that in canada as well
3: Yeah, definitely, and, um, you know, what we've seen is that even the breeding programs uh, have uh, adjusted in the last uh, five to ten years in Canada to uh, make sure that they are targeting uh, new varieties or developing new varieties that are targeted at the craft or the all-malt sector. So we see varieties now like uh, Synergy um, and other varieties that are coming, that have been registered now, low C.D.C. Churchill, these are really tailored for the all-malt sector, Uh, and then the more mainstream macro varieties like C.D.C. Bow, AAC Connect, and C.D.C. Fraser, these are new varieties that would be more targeted at the sort of the mainstream adjunct brewing sector.
0: Okay, AC Metcalf, which had been the dominant variety for a lot of years, is on a steady decline. Talk about some of the other varieties that have filled that void over the last decade, and to what extent is that shift related to demands from all-mall brewers?
3: Well... CDC Copeland is the one that's now risen to the top. It's the number one seeded variety now as we see the decline in Metcalf acreage. It's a slightly newer variety than Metcalf. doesn't have maybe some of the same disease uh, problems that Metcalf has had. And interestingly, you know, Met, uh, Copeland was able to straddle the two uh, marketplaces, the all-malt and, and the ma- uh, mainstream brewing industry. It's not ideal for, for the adjunct brewing industry, but it has actually worked uh, quite well for for the all malt industry as well so copeland has been the one that as the industry is relying on now as medcap declines and now synergy we've seen the growth in synergy acreage but again it's more of an all malt variety not entirely suitable for the say sort of the macro uh, adjunct brewing industry but uh this year uh 20 percent of uh malting barley area was ceded to uh synergy so th- those are the ones that have been filling the gap and now we're seeing these new ones coming on stream as i mentioned ac connect cdc bow um, cdc fraser and these are the ones that are going to start to fill the, the gap but you know the jury is still out a little bit on where the which which marketplace are those going to fit into <music> up. We go back 10, 10, 15 years, the message in Canada to the breeders was always, we need lower protein varieties for the malting and brewing sector. Our protein levels are too high. So that's been a focus, uh, and they successfully brought down the protein levels in these new varieties by essentially a full percentage point.
0: I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. Additional support provided by...
2: Brewer Supply Group is now the proud exclusive distributor of Dingamans Malt. BSG is thrilled to partner with the Dingamans family and to distribute their superior quality malts to brewers, distillers, and homebrewers in the US and Canada. Dingamans Malt combines modern techniques with their long-standing focus on quality and service to their customers and remains 100% independent and family-owned. Go to bsgcraftbrewing.com to learn more. And thank you also to... Fermentis is the obvious choice for beverage fermentation. From large and small breweries to home brewers, we've provided the beer industry with the best fermentation yeast since 2003. The are easy to use, just pitch Fermentus yeast directly into your wort, No rehydration necessary. To learn more about how Fermentus can improve the quality of your fermentation, visit Fermentus.com. Here's what's coming up
0: on the Master Brewers calendar. District Northern California holds its technical conference February 27th and 28th in Sonoma County. One of our newest districts, District Great Plains, meets February 28th and 29th in Kansas City. District Carolinas is putting on a two-day HACCP course at White Labs in Asheville, March 9th and 10th. The District Mid-Atlantic Spring Meeting is March 14th at Dogfish Head. District St. Louis meets March 19th at Urban Chestnut. District Milwaukee joins forces with the Wisconsin Brewers Guild for a technical conference March 26th in Green Bay. The District Texas Spring Meeting is March 27th through the 29th in Fort Worth. Check out the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Now back to the show. There are about a half a dozen new varieties registered in Canada over the last three years. Uh, you're here to give us some details on how uh, how those how these new varieties stack up against some of the established varieties like Metcalf. Walk us through the data you have thus far, starting with total protein.
3: Sure. So the all you know the message to the breeding community um, over the years, you know, going. If we go back 10, 10, 15 years, the message in Canada to the breeders was always, we need lower protein varieties for the malting and brewing sector. Our protein levels are too high. So that's been a focus, uh, and they successfully brought down the protein levels in these new varieties by essentially a full percentage point. So we've addressed that. We want to maybe be careful we don't swing too far, uh, as what we've seen in practice is that as yields grow, that, that uh, percentage is actually going is more like a percentage and a half drop in protein. So, I think we've 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 done that. We've done our our, our work on the protein side. But you know, all the other quality characteristics in the new varieties have to meet uh, or exceed the existing varieties like Metcalf and Copeland. So things like ex- fine extract levels are higher in all the new varieties, um, and so you know essentially what we have are our new varieties that meet or exceed the quality characteristics of the existing ones
0: what kind of numbers are you seeing on those fine grind extracts
3: well it's not uncommon now to see with uh, some of these varieties like AC Connect and CDC Bow of you know always consistently above 82 and even you know a year like this we're seeing over 83
0: okay let's hear about DP and maybe draw some lines for varieties that are better suited for adjunct versus all-malt?
3: Sure. So, uh, of the two current varieties that are uh, sort of the most advanced in uh, after Synergy, let's say now we have AC Connect and CDC Bow, um, The both of these varieties potentially could be used in both the craft, uh, the all-malt, or the adjunct brewing sector. But i My inclination would be to say that AAC Connect is really the variety that we're going to see fall into that uh, all malt, uh, whereas CDC CDC Bow has a a higher DP and it's gonna be more suited for the all malt, or sort for the macro adjunct brewing industry. Um, And then we have a new variety, CDC Fraser, which is almost comparable to AC Metcalf in terms of DP levels, so, uh, you know, as I said before, the jury's still a little bit out on where these are going to fit, but we certainly have varieties that are going to fit into both categories in terms of their enzyme potential.
0: How much of a spread is there when it comes to fan?
3: Well, uh, you know, we can with these some of the uh, all malt sort of tailored varieties like Low uh, and CDC Churchill, for example, and even AAC Connect. You know, we we can see fan levels down in the 140 to 150 range with these varieties, um, and with some of the uh, uh, varieties like Bow and Fraser, we can get that we can push that fan up into the 220 level for the adjunct brewers. So these are very, um, I think, you know, uh, these varieties are going to be very well suited for these distinct marketplaces.
0: All right, anything else that you'd like to mention or are particularly excited about?
3: I. I, just in general, I think it's exciting to see this suite of new varieties in Canada after this really long period of heavy reliance on AC Metcalf and CDC Copeland, which were fantastic varieties. But we've seen the rise in, in synergy now, and just in the last couple of years, and now we have these varieties CDC Bowie, AC Connect, CDC Fraser, and then the newer ones like Low and Churchill. And, and either other ones like CDC Copper, which are really uh, look like great varieties and have a ton of potential. So it's really exciting to see that suite of new varieties. And, you know, our challenge is going to be getting them out there for people to try and, and see which ones rise to the top.
0: I know some maltsters... Um get frustrated sometimes when they have to deal with too many different varieties because you know each variety is it's like a person right you have to get to know how it behaves in your malt house Um, you know what's the reality there because I mean probably they're going to want to stick with just like you know uh, two maybe three of these varieties at a given time right sure
3: yeah and agreed that the, the malting companies don't want too many varieties and you know, even geographically, you look at Western Canada, it's a big geography. You know, moving uh, crops around, uh, elevators have limited bin space, uh, you know, grain elevators, as do malting companies. So, I, I would agree. I think that, you know, if we had a couple of really good varieties well-suited for the macro, the, the uh, adjunct brewing industry, and a couple of varieties well-suited for the uh, craft industry, the all-malt industry, you know, sort of have four or five varieties that's kind of ideal. You don't want 10 and you don't want two, but maybe there's probably a magic number in between there. And then the other aspect of that then is, is transitioning um, in, you know, uh, having sort of a four to six year window. Cause as you said, you got to get to know a variety. Uh, it takes a couple of years and then you want to have enough four or five years where you can actually maximize the potential of that variety and then, and then be uh, cycling and transitioning into new varieties in say a, a, a five to seven year window as opposed to what we've seen with Metcalf and Copen being around for 20 years.
0: That was Peter Watts live from the 2019 Master Brewers Conference in Calgary. All Master Brewers members can now get their very own free copy of Peter's presentation along with all the other outstanding posters and presentations from Calgary. Download your copy of the conference proceedings at mbaa.com or check the show notes for a link. Master Brewers members don't just get free access to the annual conference proceedings. We also get access to the hundreds of presentations that take place at all of the individual district meetings. But there's only one way to be sure that invaluable searchable archive reaches its full potential. I know you want to see that happen as much as I do. So let's talk about how you can help. Ask your district officers if you can help them get the presentations uploaded. It's super easy. There's even a short how-to video link at the top of the archive. And if there's a presentation that you think we should highlight here on the show, shoot me a quick message. All the links you need are in the show notes. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers podcast?